It was Hughes Day in Vancouver as Quinn, Jack, and Luke all shared the same sheet of ice. Now, the end result was probably enjoyable for the casual NHL fan. However, if you're a Devils fan, this game gave you gray hair, your heart rate was through the roof, and you were just wondering to yourself, were the Devils going to blow this lead after going up 5-2 to two at the conclusion of period two? Well, we have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. The first of many Hughes Bowls, I presume. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey club, a play announcer, Devils Ryder for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential Mia member, Trey Matthews. Before we talk about this game, and trust me, we have a lot to talk about, I first want to give a shout-out to Jim and Ellen Hughes for raising three successful NHL players because, as we all know, going into this matchup, the main talking point was that brothers Quinn, Jack, and Luke all shared the same sheet of ice. So Quinn playing for the Canucks, Luke and Jack playing for the Devils, and they all put on a show. They combined for six points. Jack walked away with a goal and two assists. Quinn had two assists, and Luke had a power play goal with Jack getting the assist on that. So it was just a great moment. Obviously, it made traction around the NHL world and made traction on social media. And I don't think a lot of people realize how hard it is to raise one kid to possibly reach the professional level because it's rare that that happens, let alone you get three kids who are, once again, making a huge impact at the professional level because for Jack, he's trying to get his name back into the running for the Hart Trophy. For Quinn, he's one of the reasons why the Canucks are one of the top teams in the Pacific. So you can make a case as to why Quinn can either win the Norris or maybe even the Hart. And then for Luke, he has some competition in front of him with Connor Bedard, but he's trying to make a case for himself as to why he should win the Calder Trophy. So once again, it was just great that all three brothers shared this same sheet of ice. I'm glad that NHL Network picked it up. It's a fantastic feel-good story. So they may be brothers off the rink, but in the barn, there's no family. There's no friends. It's just pure competition. You want what I want, and I want what you want. So going head-to-head, so the first of many battles between the Hughes brothers. Okay, let's talk about this game for the New Jersey Devils, in which they came away with the win by a score of 6-5. to five. But, of course, they made it rather difficult in order to squeak away with a victory. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about some of my main talking points and main takeaways from the game in general. Then in the second segment, I will highlight one player who definitely has had his confidence shaken up. I think you all know who I'm referring to. But then, like I do with every post-game recap after a win, I will name my three stars of the game. And I just want to say it was very hard to do so, considering the fact that I I already had two in mind. But it was just like, who am I going to give that third star to? Who really deserves it? And then... Like I do with every post-game recap in the third and final segment, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So I could make the argument and say that this was the Devils' most difficult opponent since mid-November against the New York Rangers. Because 
When we look at the teams that the Devils faced after the Rangers, you had the Red Wings, Blue Jackets, Sabres, Islanders, Flyers, Sharks, and obviously the Canucks. So the thing is, even though the Devils did end up losing to the Red Wings, Blue Jackets, and Sharks, you could make the argument and say that they were the more favored team heading into those matchups. So I would say that this was the first time in a while in which you see your opponent and you're just like, we're the underdogs in this case, because going into this matchup, the Canucks were one of the top two teams in the Pacific Division. As we all know, it's very top heavy over there because outside of the Canucks, Kings and Golden Knights, it's not really faring all that well in the Pacific. I think this was the first time in a while in which the Devils were the underdogs in this sort of matchup. And I was actually very intrigued to see how Nikita Zadorov fit into this Canucks roster because he was paired alongside with Tyler Myers. And that is great size to deal with if you're the Devils. And this is something that they were talking about during the telecast, which is this Devils team, they're not really all that physical and they're a relatively small team. So going up against the Canucks, the Devils were definitely going to have to play to their strengths, as in they just have to find a way to get off and running, avoid those hits, because once again, the Canucks, physical team, Devils, not so much. And I think that's exactly what the Devils did from the opening uh, puck drop, because what I saw was that they were definitely giving Demko a run for his money because he had to make a few key blocker saves. And then you get someone like Jesper Bratt. He was definitely yearning for that goal and he made it one to nothing. But that's not to say that the Devils weren't playing aggressive because I think another thing that was quite evident in this matchup was that the Devils were making some key plays because there was an instance in period one in which they were on the PK. And unfortunately, as we all know, the Devils' penalty kill is not really all that great. So whenever they lose a player, especially with Brendan Smith still not in lineup due to him serving his suspension, you're very vulnerable in terms of physicality, in terms of capable penalty killers. So the Devils, that's sort of their Achilles heel. So they got to be very careful when they go onto the penalty kill. And there was an instance in which the game was tied one-to-one. Once more, Devils were on the penalty kill. And the Canucks, they had possession of the puck in their offensive end for a lengthy period of time and they were collapsing the Devils' defense but luckily you had players like Colin Miller and Nico Keisher step up because there was an instance in which there was a wide open net opportunity on VTech Vancheck the Canucks were trying to shoot it and Nico Keisher came up big with a huge block and I know that happened in period one people are just gonna be like that's early on in the game it doesn't really make that much of a difference well here's the thing and NHL Network actually highlighted this during the first intermission, which was it's a one-to-one tie and the Canucks could have easily scored on that opportunity. If Nico and Colin do not play good defensively, then it's going to be a two-to-one game in favor of the Canucks. And that's going to shift the course of the game because we all know how the third period went for the Canucks. They scored three unanswered goals on the Devils to tie it up. So the Canucks were definitely being given a boatload of opportunities to try and score. But luckily, the Devils were making those crucial plays in order to negate any uh, offensive attack on their end. And obviously, while the Devils were given way less offensive opportunities, they still were capitalizing on the few that they had, which is why the Devils went up 5-2 to two after the second period. And if you need proof as to how this game sort of went for the Devils, well, as we all know, our buddy James Nichols of New Jersey Hockey Now, usually he puts out on the X app, they deserve to win o meter and after like the first couple of periods 
the deserve to win meter shifted into the favor of the Vancouver Canucks, 65.1% to the Devils is 34.8%. And then after the game, honestly, it was no better because the Canucks, 63.3% in that category as well. So my educated guess as to what went wrong for the Canucks, at least early on in the game, was once again, the roles were sort of flipped because we've been seeing the Devils sometimes create good opportunities for themselves. Unfortunately, they weren't able to finish, and that was highlighted heavily when Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer weren't in the lineup. But once they started to return, the Devils, once again, they started to score a lot more. And if Nico and Jack are not in the lineup for the Devils in this game against the Canucks, they lose this game easily. So that's just what's been changing for the Devils once more, which is they're given less offensive opportunities, but they capitalize on the few that they're presented to them. Like they strike when the iron is hot. As for the Canucks, they just uh, unfortunately did not capitalize on some of those opportunities. So that's my educated guess as to how the game shifted for both the Canucks and also the Devils. And once again, NHL Network was talking about that during the first couple of intermissions. So I would say that this game was definitely an ugly win for the Devils, but a win is a win. And would you believe that this Devils team have won four of their last five games? I know a lot of people have been very hurt about the game against the San Jose Sharks in which the Devils lost six to three. And trust me, I'm no exception. That was definitely a trap game. That was a game in which the Devils should have won. But prior to that game against the Sharks, the Devils were on a three-game win streak once they got Nico back into the lineup. So I know while the record doesn't really reflect it all that well, while I know that the Devils are right now six in the Metropolitan Division, they're still winning a little more consistently. Once again, they've won four of their last five games, but now the main thing that the Devils need to work on is that they got to work on closing out these games because six goals in general should be enough for you to win a game, not for you to narrowly come away with a victory. That cannot keep happening. And I'll talk more about that in the second segment. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about Indeed. So Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you could do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. So here's the thing. Indeed knows when you're going to grow your own business, so you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applicants that match your must-job requirements. So you know what to do. Visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Once more, Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per applicant pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, so I know for this sort of segment after a post-game win, I usually name my three stars of the game, and I will get to that, but I just want to highlight something very important, which was we need to talk about a player who is an honorable mention, but for the wrong reasons. He is not a three-star of the game. He's not even someone who I want to give roses to. This is a player that really needs to step up his game because right now it seems like his confidence is completely shaken up. So Vitek Banchek, courtesy of Daniel Amia of the Hockey Riders. I really hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. If I am butchering that, please let me know. He put out on the X app and said that Vitek Banchek's save percentage in wins is 896. In wins, 
If the Devils don't outscore their problems when he's in net, they lose. And here's the thing. Ray Ferraro was actually chirping Vanacek a lot during the broadcast. So he chirped Vanacek early on. And after the Canucks tied it 5-5, to thanks to Hoaglander, Ferraro said that the one thing about Vanacek is that you can expect rebound opportunities and they're going to come plentiful for the opposition. And he's absolutely right. It sucks that Ferraro is, once again, chirping Vanacek in a sense because you're kicking someone while they're down. But he is absolutely correct, which is for Vanacek, it's just the same story for him. So early on, he had some rebound control issues. But once again, it seemed like as the game progressed, he was getting better and better and better. But then that third period, that's where it hit the fan. Because once again, the Canucks scored three unanswered goals. Now, albeit some of it is not entirely on him. So that Brock Besser goal that made it a five to three game. Jonas Siegenthaler, he turned the puck over in the Devils' defensive end. And I think that's just as a result of not having the established chemistry with Shimon the Mets. But once more, okay, it's 5-3, to three, no harm, no foul. Devils still have two goals to play with. But then you got someone like Quinn Hughes. He's creating a good look for himself. And Lafferty, he got the tip in. So at first I thought Quinn had scored the goal, but uh, Lafferty got a stick on it. So it's 5-4, to four, all right. But then... Just a few minutes later, once again, Hoaglander, he ties it up 5-5. Five to five. And Timo Meyer, he was playing a little soft in this game. He's got to play a little bit more physical. That's why I love you, Timo. You're a power forward. Use your big body to your advantage. But I digress a little bit. After that Hoaglander goal, you could just see the look in Vitek's eyes as he was staring off into space. His confidence is completely shaken. It is fudged up. He was just staring into nothing. It seems like he has really lost his way. So my thing is like, I don't know what else the Devils can do with them. Like they're giving him chances. Unfortunately, he's not making those crucial saves when it matters most, albeit he does need some more help in front of him. But the one thing I can say about a good goalie or a great goalie, in fact, is that they know how to make those good saves, even when something in front of them is not going exactly according to plan. So I don't know what else I can say that I haven't said already, which is I think the Devils at this point, they do need to look at the open market and see what's available to pick up, move Dougie Hamilton to the LTIR. So that way you have $9 million to play with, albeit you might just be getting a rental. But at the same time, if the Devils are serious about getting back to the playoffs, then you need to fix this problem now. You need to get a temporary fix. So that way you can at least get yourself into a better position come playoff time. And then during the offseason, I know we're thinking way too far ahead. You can fix this problem long term. So that's all I could give you guys. There's nothing more else I could say that I haven't said already. But Vitek Vanacek looks completely shaken. And the thing is, is like this game for the Devils reminds me a lot of what they did a couple years ago. So if you guys recall, during the 2021-2022 season, I want you to do me a favor. Go back to the late months of December and also early January. Look at some of those scores. I made the argument and said that the Devils were one of the best offenses in the entire league during that span. They were very underrated. But the thing is, is like it always got overshadowed. So I remember a few upset victories like the Colorado Avalanche game, the Edmonton Oilers game. Jack Hughes was returning from a lengthy injury and he was on a tear. But the problem was, is that the Devils, they could score on anyone's head like there was no tomorrow. But in terms of like getting stops, 
they couldn't guard a stop sign. And this is the same issue that they're having during these last few weeks. And it's what killed them a few years ago. But what's the difference? They're just getting the wins. And this is not a recipe for success. And I think Tom Fitzgerald and Lindy Ruff are well aware of that. So you got to fix this now, or you got to try to get on it a little quicker because Akira Schmidt, I love him and all, but is he ready to be the go-to guy for Devils? I don't really know. Vitek Vanacek, you, you could, it doesn't even matter at this point. You could put him uh, against a bad team, a good team. It just seems like it's the same issue with them, which is rebound control. And I'm sure that's on the top of anyone's scouting report. So I'm, I didn't mean to go off into a tangent, but this Devils team, at least the last few weeks, they're reminding me of what the 2021-2022 team is, which was they could score like nobody's business, but they couldn't stop anyone. And that's a recipe for disaster. So I'm not saying they're exactly the same. It just reminds me a little bit from a couple of years ago. So that's just my thing. All right, let's move on to three stars of the game. All right, honorable mention, Eric Holla. And the reason why Eric Holla is not a third star or, or something like that is just because he got two penalties and he had to clean it up just a little bit, but he did score in this game. So I, I, I said it in the previous episode. I said that Eric Holla's goal scoring ability is still very underrated and he already has his seventh goal this season and he just returned from injury. So I like that Eric Holla, once again, he seems to have rekindled his chemistry with Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes found him from the uh, far side corner and Holla was able to score. So Holla made it a two to one game and that shifted the momentum back into the devil's favor once more, because I talked about in the first segment, which was if the Canucks got another power play goal and made it a two to one game, then we might be seeing a different outcome. We might be seeing a different tune. So Eric Hall is an honorable mention. Third star, Michael McLeod. Not only did he walk away with a goal, he also had three hits. So I always love Michael McLeod's physicality. And McLeod already has five goals this year. You know how many goals he had last year? Four. So I've been saying it the last few weeks, but Michael McLeod's offense has improved immensely. And I'm very proud in his overall development. So he is definitely one of the more underrated bottom six players for the Devils. And I think people will start to prepare for him as the season progresses. But Michael McLeod has really impressed me with his overall development. My second star, Jack Hughes. I said in segment one, he and his brothers, they put on a great show. Shout out to Jim and Ellen Hughes for raising three magnificent boys at the NHL level. Jack Hughes, one goal, two assists. And something that I also put out on the X app is that I think it's time for us to reopen that discussion about Jack Hughes potentially winning the Hart Trophy. Now, I know he missed five games due to a right shoulder injury, and that kind of had people forget about his overall capabilities. But let me just say this. Once more, Jack Hughes had three points tonight, one goal, two assists. That means he now has 33 points, 10 goals, 23 assists in 18 game appearances. And the Devils are still relatively good. They're still trying to claw their way up in the Metro. The, the, it's just a tight race. Whatever happened to his campaign for heart? So I just want to put that into consideration. I just want to put that out there a little bit. I think Hughes deserves more recognition because the NHL discourse was raving him at the beginning of the year, including PK Subban. But after he got hurt and after his return, it just seems like it's a bunch of crickets. So I want people to once again realize that Jack Hughes is still a very special player 
I, I just wish more people in the NHL discourse talked about him. Maybe if the Devils get back to winning more consistently and get back into uh, top contention, the Metro, I think we'll definitely see uh, Jack uh, and his campaign for the Hart Trophy pick back up. Well, but Taylor Hall, he made a good campaign for himself during the second half of his Hart Trophy year. So we'll see what happens. Uh, first star, Jesper Bratt. He got the party started and he also ended the party. So he he got the game-winning goal. And he also got the opening goal. Jesper Bratt was playing aggressive. He was playing fast. I loved his overall effort. Like I said, it was just really hard to pick stars of the game because this game was U-G-L-Y for the Devils. It was hard to watch. But like I said, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. So I'm not going to complain. Two points is still two points. And uh, the Devils have won four of their last five. So I guess if it's worth anything. All right. We're going to uh, compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade momentarily. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about the Game Time app so you can see this interesting Devils team up close and personal. So here's some of the things I love about the Game Time app. Last-minute ticket deals, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's a place to find last-minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, hockey, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and get out of here so shots on goal differential 33 to 32 in favor of the canucks face-off percentage 55.7 percent in favor of the devils 44.3 percent to the canucks power play devils were one for two thanks to luke hughes and once more jack hughes got the assist on his brother's goal so that was once again uh, a cherry on top for hughes day so or hughes bowl whatever you want to call it uh, Canucks were one for four in their power play that came off the hands of JT Miller in period one. And I think you can really uh, pinpoint that on Michael McLeod because he was going for his stick. And unfortunately that inadvertently put devils five on three momentarily and the Canucks picked up on that once more. So the thing is, is like the devils already have a bad power play. And I get that McLeod was just going after his stick and I respect him for it. But the thing is, is like, your team is already bad in the PK and you just made them even worse. Albeit it was by complete accident, but still you just have to take that into consideration. So Canucks one for four devils got to get better in their PK hits 33 to 24 in favor of the Canucks. Once more Canucks like to play physical and the devils had to use their strengths to their advantage, which includes their speed blocks 14 to six in favor of the Canucks. The devils need some more shot blockers, honestly, like they need some more people to clog up those lanes and, Maybe they could, it can make them a more effective team. Giveaways, 11-8 in favor of the Canucks. Takeaways, 5-3 to three in favor of the Canucks. Okay, so if I had to give the Devils a letter grade, this is probably the first and hopefully only time that I have to do this. But I, Trey Matthews, in good faith and good conscience, cannot give the Devils an A or a B or even a C for their performance. I have to give them a D plus because you were up 5-2, to two, you scored three unanswered goals. You almost blew it once more. I get it. Two points is two points. A win is a win. But when does it stop? When can you just 
not take your foot off the gas pedal? When can you not shift the momentum back to your opposition? When can you make it a little easier for yourselves? This was hard to watch. And quite honestly, if the Devils lost this game, they deserved it. So that might be a little harsh, and I'm not trying to be overdramatic. And once again, I'm trying to avoid myself by going into a tangent. But I think I speak for a lot of the Devils' discourse when I say that's unacceptable. Then In the last few wins that the Devils have been picking up, they haven't exactly been all that dominant. So uh, with the exception of the Sabres game, but we know what happened with the Flyers. Devils had to go into OT to secure the victory because Brendan Smith got a penalty at the most inopportune time. Islanders, Devils uh, had to claw their way back into the game and they scored three unanswered goals in period three. That was impressive, but they still put themselves in a pretty peculiar situation. Or even the Sharks game in which the Devils uh, lost that game. How do the Devils... Uh, like recapture some momentum, but then immediately give it back up to Anthony Duclair of all people. So yeah, uh, I just in good faith and in good conscience cannot give the devils an A or a B for this performance. They do not deserve it. D plus. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X page app at train map four or the show's X page app at locked on devils. As for this episode, that's what I'm going to have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys next episode. Thanks for listening once again.